Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Well, today, Vancouver City Council will begin debating the elimination of single-family zoning on land traditionally reserved for single detached homes. A new change would also mean a developer could build up to six homes on a lot that was originally designed for only a single house. City Council will vote on whether to consider the, this change and hold public hearings soon. Now, many hope increasing density through uh, missing middle housing could create a more diverse, equitable and sustainable city and hopefully make housing affordable. Now, I don't want to make too much of this move this week, but Vancouver, like many major cities globally, are focusing on moving away from what many have called a relic from the 1950s, the single-family home. Now, before we speak to our next guest, let's pay tribute to the single-family home. At last, the Bryants have all the space they need. Big floor-to-ceiling closets for each member of the family. Large, comfortable bedrooms. Zoned living areas, a feature in the plan of their home, assure convenience and privacy for various family activities. Distinctive architectural details create a lovely setting that enhance the pleasure of entertaining. The Bryants have had opportunity for individual expression in this and other interiors throughout the house, in their selection of such things as wall and floor coverings, and the accent colors of fixtures and appointments. The patio, easily reached through sliding glass doors, provides an outdoor living room, ideal for separate activities. At the center of the family activity area, an efficient kitchen saves countless steps and needless effort in the preparation and serving of meals. From the wide selection of components available, Margaret Bryant planned her kitchen just the way she wanted it, with an abundance of work and cabinet space, countertop cooking units, built-in oven, and other handy and helpful features. The separate dining room is another feature that delights Margaret Bryant in her new home, for it permits her to enjoy her guests while entertaining graciously. This is how American families are living in their new homes. There's a lot wrong uh, with what we just listened to. Never mind uh, the just the conversation on the single family home. Uh, Margaret uh, probably of today would not be happy the way that was presented. But joining me now is Michael Geller, president of the Geller Group. He's an architect, planner, and a real estate consultant. Michael, thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure. It certainly was a different era when we were listening to uh, that description of the single-family home, uh, Michael. First of all, what do you think of the overarching policy that the city is looking at today, debating, and want to move forward with? Uh, what do you think of it overall? Oh, overall, I'm generally very supportive of what the city is proposing. But I don't think people should necessarily say goodbye to the single-family house because they will be permitted. People, if they want to build a single-family house... Uh, they'll be allowed to do that. The only thing is to to discourage this. The city is going to reduce the allowable size a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also important, Jazz, to point out that even right now, on any single-family lot in Vancouver, you can have three different homes. You can have the main home, Mm -hmm. you can have a basement suite, and you can have a a laneway uh, residence. But the basement and the laneway have to be rental. This new proposal is going to allow you to have up to six homes all for sale 
on one larger lot. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is significant. So let's go through some of this, break it down for a moment. The, the, uh, an original comment you made was the um, maximal, uh, maximum allowable build for a single-family home. So let's say you wanted to build a single-family home and a single-family lot of 33 feet by 122 feet. Uh, the maximum size, to my understanding, will be 2,400 square feet. What do you think of that? Well, I think for some people, that'll be just fine. And uh, again, unlike the uh, yesteryear, people don't necessarily want to have that separate dining room. They'll be happy with one great room with a kitchen, dining, living, all in one large space. So in 2,400 square feet, you can build a pretty nice house. But what is being proposed in theory on, say, a 6,000 square foot lot, which is a 50 foot wide lot, you could have six homes averaging around a thousand square feet so you're not likely going to have that 2400 square foot house but you might still have a 1400 square foot house and a 700 square foot home mm-hmm. and so you'll begin to get the variety and that's very much what the city wants to see now uh, in regards to the the, uh, the the change to the laneway house as well they can be made bigger yes the uh, I was just doing some calculations. Um, on a 33-foot lot, you'll be able to build a laneway house of around 1,000 square feet. And on a 50-foot lot, 1,250 square feet. So that's quite a bit larger. In fact, about 50% larger than what you can currently build. And I think that's a good, uh, a good decision. But more importantly, something I've been encouraging for years, these laneway houses could be sold. They don't have to just be rented. Mm-hmm. Now, so, I should clarify, mm-hmm. Jazz, you'll have to pay for the privilege of building these extra homes, and we can talk about that in a minute. It's yeah, not all free. Yeah, exa- it never is. So right now, laneway houses can be uh, can be between 650 square feet to 900 square feet. So these are bigger, which would, you know, would be easier for a family to live in. And in the case of a house, just a single family house, uh, the maximum will be 2,400 square feet. And to my understanding, the maximum prior to that uh, was 3,200 square feet for that 33 foot by 122 foot foot lot. Um, In regards to the six um, units, up to six units you can build, does that not take away a family's ability, let's say, purchase a home, tear it down and build a new one, or even a mom-and-pop developer to be involved in this type of development, it's going to mean people with, you know, companies that are established, um, deeper pockets. Uh, Can that actually be done in your mind? I think it can be done. I mean, there are people listening to us right now who built their own home and managed to live through it without getting divorced, although a few people did get divorced. Building a house can be stressful. Uh, Building a small little development like this with four or five or six homes Mm -hmm. can probably be even more complex. But I think we'll see more and more builders gearing up to work with homeowners who want to do this. And we'll also, of course, see a lot of developers simply buying lots with rundown houses, knocking down the house, and putting up five or six houses. And if somebody wants to know what that might look like, just go over to the corner of 33rd and Larch on the west side of Vancouver. Mm-hmm. There's a little development that's been done right there in a larger corner lot with about six units. And it's, it's quite interesting. You know, it's not for everybody. You don't have the privacy you would normally have, but it is a housing choice that's not 
generally currently available in Vancouver. So one thing we haven't uh, or that hasn't been discussed here, uh, Michael, is what about parking? Uh, what about just uh, sewage and pipes that have to be brought in? I mean, uh, is this feasible, first of all, in the context of ex- uh, neighbors neighborhoods accepting this, knowing full well there's going to be a lot more cars in the neighborhood, uh, just the sewage piping that has to be brought in to deal with all these issues. It's still in your mind feasible then? Well, every time you and I have discussed this idea, I know callers have phoned up <laughs> afterwards and say, hey, this guy Geller, what the heck is he talking about? The sewers, they won't be able to accommodate this. In the report that's going to council today, and there'll be people will be able to watch this. Uh, you can see they just go online and watch council meetings, and they haven't started yet. They do address the fact that the sewers are getting old, they're near capacity, and something will have to be done. Now, what they are proposing is that people will have to det- have detention tanks on their property to collect rainwater and so forth. Now, I've done this, and it does add to the cost, and it is a complication, and I personally won't pretend to know whether this in itself is going to be sufficient. But the other issue, which you've identified, Jazz, is, to my mind, a real issue. I have for years been saying cities should get rid of their minimum requirements for parking and just say we'll have maximum requirements. Well, right now, the city is saying, as proposed, and I think this is going to be very controversial, Mm -hmm. you don't have to provide any parking for six homes. You don't have to have one off-street parking space. And that, I think, really is going to be very challenging because in many of the neighborhoods, and I drove around last night, many single-family neighborhoods, already there's quite a few cars parked on the street Mm -hmm. because people are using their garages for storage (laughs) or offices. So uh, this one I I worry about. Now, in some neighborhoods, it won't be a problem, uh, but more and more, not everybody is going to want to live in one of these homes without a car. And uh, parking on the street is customary. Uh, I grew up in Toronto. A lot of people parked on the street there. But that is one issue that I think uh, is going to uh, is going to create a lot of debate. Um, the other issue here, and you, you brought this up earlier, is just with the laneway houses, is they can be bigger. Uh, what's the cost of building a laneway house? Number one. My second question to you is, uh, is just, you know, we're talking about six units or four units, going from single family to to multiple units and everything else that that uh, that comes with it. Do you have any faith? in approvals occurring any faster? I mean, it's already slow for a single-family home to be replaced by a single-family home. How are we planning to to make the approvals faster for a four-unit or six-unit? Well, I did send a note to the director planning today because I did see knows that I'm having some difficulties right now uh, on behalf of a client who's waiting to get some approvals and being told he may have to wait another three months to go to boards of variance and so forth. I don't want to discuss that, but there's no doubt this is going to be absolutely critical. We're going to have to change the whole approach of the plan checkers and the planners to approval and just become much more relaxed about it. And if that happens, then this could work. But if the city is going to start judging every unit the way they have been in the past, it won't work. Now, the one thing that Ken Sim and the ABC Council, I think it's genuinely committed to, is speeding things up. It's not happening yet, not at all. 
But one of there's so much in this proposal going to council today, uh, Jazz, including taking eight or nine different single-family zones, each with its own slightly different regulations, and saying, let's just combine them all into one zone. So that is a giant step forward. Right? Because right now, in some of these zones, you have to have a pitched roof. In some of them, you mustn't have a flat roof. In others, you know, they're going to get rid of that. And I think that will make it easier. But the reality is they're going to have to change the way we review these applications and, uh, and just streamline things. And, I mean, I remember a lady who came up from San Francisco. She started a movement called Yimby. Yes, in my backyard. And one of the things she said is, you know, in San Francisco and places like Vancouver, you go through these incredibly complex approval processes, and yet at the end of the day, half the housing looks great. And half of it looks awful. <laughs> and I think she's right. So, you know, let's just true. relax about it a bit. And if, but it's just, if, you know, there's the potential here for the planners to sort of over-review and over-regulate. And if they start to do that with five or six homes on a lot, it just won't happen. And I think the city is committed to trying to make this happen. Michael, thank you for your time today. It's always a pleasure, Jess.